The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Can you see what my future's going to be? Can you see it all in your crystal ball? Have you got a dream for me? Fortune teller, is she free? Has she waited just for me? Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studio in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com on all social media sites, TV. And if you would like to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is a fellow Ontarian, and it's so funny because Bobby Curtola that we used uh, on the intro of the song, his uh, song Fortune Teller, is another Canadian. So this is Canada Hour here in the Exxon. Katie Turner is my special guest. She's a sensitive psychic. She's the founder and lead paranormal investigator with the Canadian Supernatural Research Society, and uh, she is a paranormal expert on Paranormal Survivor. And uh, I was wondering if you could tell us uh, a little bit about your experience in the paranormal, Katie. Uh, hi, Rob. Well, I've gotten many, many, many experiences. Um, I, you know, um, I, for my paranormal investigating, uh, that mm-hmm. was, you know, it was ever since I was little, I've, I've been able to see, feel, and hear, and uh, experience paranormal. And I really wanted to basically uh, validate what I was seeing. So um, I developed a paranormal team, mm-hmm. and um, we have been going out and trying to prove paranormal is out there. And so um, basically as a team, we go out and set up equipment. Um, I take a reading of the location and pick up things psychically. And from there, we try to validate it. What kind of investigations have you done? Um, We have done private residences. We have done um, legendary places, places such as Buck Hill. Uh, Buck Hill Road is a very uh, infamous uh, uh, road in Round Lake, Ontario. Um, We've done businesses. um, We have done um, public places. um, I mean, we've investigated all over. Uh, It's limitless, basically. And have you found evidence of the paranormal? Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, every single time we get a piece of evidence, we're, we're, you know, grinding our teeth to get something even better. And I think that's the same for any paranormal investigator. You know, we always want the holy grail of evidence. And for me, it's more about validating what I see and perceive psychically and getting it on a physical basis. So, you know, it's more of the communicative and, and figuring out why the spirits are there. Um, we don't just like to, quote unquote, ghost hunt, but we really try to find out why the entities are haunting that said location or um, trying to make contact, basically. So based on your experience and the number of investigations that you've done, why do those who have passed stick around? There's many different theories. Um, in my experience, uh, many of them, you know, if it was a traumatic event and mm -hmm. death occurred because of that traumatic event, sometimes they don't know they were dead. Um, in other cases, they have unfinished business. And, you know, the, the preconceived notion of judgment um, years and years and years ago, you know, uh, the Bible was a lot more strict um, in terms of um, following the religion and people were very afraid of that judgment and so when they went to cross over they were afraid to and so they stayed and um you know that's what i consider a ghost it's a little bit different from a spirit but it chooses to stay earthbound and so <clears throat> they're, they're gonna stay as long as they can basically so what's the difference between a ghost and a spirit well, a ghost uh, is uh, an entity that has um, more earthbound um, um, visions. It, it, it's, it's stuck here, basically. So it, does, it hasn't crossed over. So, um, you know, we go through reincarnation processes and we go through going through back, coming back onto Earth. And, and, um, and so basically these spirits um, are only remember their past life. They only remember the last life that they have left. And as an entity going into uh, a spirit or ascending onto the other side, mm -hmm. they're going to kind of have an awakening and they're going to remember the past lives that they've had. So they're basically ascending into a higher being. And so they're a lot more, I don't want to say intelligent, but they're, they're that much, uh, they're that much more, um, uh, knowledgeable. And how do you know this? Um, I've been told this many times, uh, through, from, from my guides and, um, from all my experiences, uh, speaking through. And when I do readings for people, mm -hmm. um, when they come through, they, they're telling me this, they're able to kind of, um, explain to me a little bit about, uh, what the other side is like and, um, how things change over there and how it's really not so different over there. Um, and so through all of our investigations and our experiences mm -hmm. over and over and over again, we're finding that these entities are they're earthbound for a reason and and they're they're stuck on things okay they're stuck on things they're earthbound for a reason you get this information from the readings that you do for other people as well as the information that you're given by your guides so why the continuance of looking into the paranormal if you have your own belief based on the information that you've been given why do you still persist because I, we want to help the entities. Um, if you have a child that's still looking for their mother um, and it's stuck through a loop and it's going, you know, it's mm -hmm. living the same day in, day out. To me, that's punishment. That's that's, you know, that I don't want to call it torture, but I want to help these these people cross over. And so when we go into investigations, that's our number one priority. A lot of uh, other teams uh, go out there and they just want to find evidence, period. We want to find out why the entities are there. And, um, you know, then from there, do what we have to do to try to either help them get cross over or if they're negative entities, help them realize, you know, what's happening. Or basically, I don't want to call it banish, but get rid of any negative energy. So how do you do that? 
Um, well, you know, as far as a basic investigation, we would go in and set up equipment. Um, and from there, we would uh, spend, you know, a few hours investigating. We would do, we have members on our team. I have a historian on my team, and I also have um, a technician that comes in and will do an interview. We find out, you know, if it, in fact, it is uh, haunted, or sometimes there's people with mental health issues. So we determine if there's activity at all. And from there, we would go in and do the investigation and uh, determine whether it's a residual or in- uh, intelligent. And then um, based on the evidence that we get, uh, based on the energy that I pick up, if we're able to assist them and let them know that mm-hmm. it in fact is a little girl and not a demonic entity, then we would try and help them, you know, explain that they can cross over and and try and help them. If this is demonic or uh, evil, then we would take steps necessary to get rid of that or try and exercise it. Where did you get your investigation, uh, your investigative skills? Uh, Experience, 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 experience. Um, I have had the pleasure of investigating with some pretty big ghost hunters and uh, paranormal investigators, and I've had the experience and and, um, the ability to um, be with some pretty cool psychics, some really good, uh, knowledgeable people. Um, I've started reading and educating myself ever since I was, uh, you know, young. It never left me ever since I was in college. Mm -hmm. Um, That bug um, never left me, and I... Because I could see what I could see, I really wanted that validation. So I just continued to learn and continued to uh, try and gain knowledge through experience. Gotcha. Um, how do you how do you help somebody get to the other side? What is the process that you use? Well, it's a pretty ignorant assumption to assume that you know a piddly little human like myself can say, "Okay, it's time to jump over to the other side," mm-hmm. and assume that it happens. But we take steps necessary to explain that there's, you know, that loved one is gone. To explain that there's no reason to to stay, or if they're attached to an object, um, we try and cleanse the object, um, and and basically try and make it so that you know, they don't want to be here, that they want to cross over. And sometimes if it is a spirit and it's coming down, we want to um, find out why they're trying to give us messages, why they're trying to contact the family or the business or the location. And then once it's kind of explained and they understand, we can either cleanse the property or they are gone. All is well and we've done our job. But how would you cleanse the property? There's many different methods. Um, we, you can within Catholicism, they they use holy water and they use uh, many different things. You know, it could be an exorcism or a blessing. Um, in the Native American rituals, uh, they do smudging. So um, that's one one thing that we do in a pagan ritual. We have pagan holy water and crystals, and there's things um, that you can do in in that respect. It just basically depends on the type of haunting, the type of entity, and the 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 vibes that we pick up while we're investigating. But how do you know which process to use? Uh, it, you know what? Experience and, and vibes. It, all right. It all comes okay. Down to listen, vibes. listen. I, I can understand experience. I can yep. understand vibes. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a couple of seconds. When we go back to, I've got to take a commercial break. I'd like to know how you get these impressions, which vibes are which, and how do you know which ritual to use? Because our listeners don't know, and I'm sure they'd like to know. Okay, cool. All right, stand by. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo-TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to uh, send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Broadcast Network, 
724-365 on radio, television, and satellite, www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is Katie Turner, and their website is www.katieturnerpsychic.com. All right, Katie, uh, why I asked you how you do what you do is because I'm sure our listeners would be very interesting how you get your psychic impressions or however you do it to know which sort of of um, procedure to use to either help the spirit get back to the other side or to exercise and cleanse the property that is haunted. Well, I, um, I've i been blessed with uh, uh, many different anten- antennas, I call it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's thousands of psychic antennas or uh, psychic ways. Um, I have been blessed with uh, five of them. Uh, clairaudience, which is hearing, clairvoyance, which is seeing, clairessence is smelling, claircognizance, which is a clearance uh, of knowing or the act of, of, you know, you just, you clear knowing, and empathic abilities. So whether it be physical or metaphoric. And um, when we go into a location, whether it be a reading or an investigation, I immediately start uh, receiving uh, pictures and images and smells and emotions and all sorts of things. And from there, that's how I kind of metabolize it and decipher it. So as soon as I go into a location, if I can feel that it's dark and heavy and I feel that it's oppressed or I can feel the negative uh, connotation to it, um, that's how we're going to proceed with the investigation. Sometimes if I tell my team, whoa, be careful, you know, I really don't, I I don't feel good from here. Um, And and we may be in, in a typical investigation where they say there's knocks and bangs and doors are moving and that's all they're seeing but if 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 i feel worse that i'm gonna you know uh you know proceed with caution and from there i basically allow the information to come in i'm i act as a conduit and i try to decipher what they're trying to tell me sometimes we're scratched Sometimes there's we're bitten. Sometimes there's things thrown at us, um, and not all of which can be evil. I tell sometimes I tell people sometimes that it can be somebody just trying to get your attention. You know, not every knock is evil, or every door slam is is uh, negative. And so from there, once we we're completing our investigation and and the vibes come, and I'm, I'm able to communicate or touch base with these entities, that's when we're going to uh, uh, base an opinion on what we have to do next. And, um, you know, there was a case earlier in the year that was demonic. I, it had already been investigated by a prior team. Um, there, it had already been blessed by a priest. Uh, the, I had the diocese involved. We had meetings with the churches. And from there, um, the bishop was basically going to be getting involved. And so we had gone in and we investigated. And sure enough, um, you know, it was attacking us and it was it was doing some pretty nasty things. And we had determined by that point, not only from my psychic impressions, but what it was doing to us physically, that it certainly didn't want us here. It had broke this woman's legs. It had, you know, it pushed her down the stairs. It did many things that really were obvious signs that it was negative. And from there, we did what we had to do and we exercised it. We cleansed the property and we were able to get rid of it. In other in other times, we'll go into an investigation and, you know, I'll say to them, it's it's just your Aunt Ada. She really doesn't want to leave. And if you don't, you know, and once they realize that it's not somebody evil or it's not, um, you know, a negative oppressed entity, that it's really a family member, they don't want them to leave. They're okay with it. So it's basically making the clients aware of what's there and making them more comfortable. And from there, if they want it to leave, then we'll do a cleansing and we do what we have to do, whether it be, you know, uh, a Catholic ritual or a Native American ritual. Um, and, and what we're receiving is I'm receiving um, the information. For example, we did one 
in Golden Lake, Ontario, which was on a native reserve. And it was a native entity. And so we used respectful Native American rituals to be able to expel it. And it worked. Under what under what theological authority do you have to use a Roman Catholic rite? Um, I don't, but we um, we go through, I don't want to say I don't, but I go through the necessary channels and the necessary people mm-hmm. um, to be able to call them and to do, to come in and cleanse the house. So there's de- demonologists. Um, we know, I, I, I speak with a, a priest on a, n- a normal basis, like, you mm-hmm. know, a regular basis, and he's able to come in and help if we need assistance. Now, are these real priests or internet priests? They are real priests. And how about the demonologists? Are they... Real demonologist or internet demonologist? Real. Real, real, real. We do our homework. Mm-hmm. We make sure that we, you know, we, we know what we're going into. And, um, you know, to, to ask for references is kind of, <laughs> um, you know, thought of as funny. But we make sure that we they have experience and they know what they're getting into. How can a person know who to trust if they truly believe that they are being haunted with all the charlatans, all the hoaxers, all the frauds that are out there claiming to be quote unquote paranormal investigators. I think you have to do your homework and you have to, number one, mm-hmm. never accept money. If people are going to charge you for an investigation, in my opinion, we do this at a labor of love. Each one of us um, are very dedicated and we want to go in to help these people. It's not just about getting evidence. We really want to help and, and make these people's lives better or at least get back to normal. And um, I think that you really got to do your homework. So, you know, if somebody has a K2 meter and they claim to be investigator, you know, to me, that's not good enough. You really need to do your homework. We have many references and we, um, you know, we have years of experience, combined years of experience. Mm-hmm. We're constantly taking um we're trying to learn more all the time. It's not as if we just kind of have some gadgets and we go in and hope for the best. We're always striving to get better. Okay, so you go in with all these gadgets, the newest mm-hmm. technology that's available, and you come across ghosts, you come across spirits, and why would a demon attach themselves to a house? And what does a person have to do to be demonized? Well, the number one thing um, is um, invitation. So demonic entities normally won't attach unless there's some sort of an invitation, whether it be, um, you know, conscious or subconscious. And they don't just all of a sudden appear. They're going to slowly make themselves more attached to you. They're going to start manipulating your thoughts. They can appear as young children. Um, They can appear in many different forms. And and from there, they almost develop this attachment. And and so it, it makes it harder for the person who is... Um, possessed or even, you know, manipulated to want to get rid of it. And so um, it's basically what they're doing is they're eating off of the person's energy. And and fear is one of the the major ways that they can feed off of it. So they're going to continue to um, try and frighten you to, to feed off of that. Okay. So how do you get rid of a demon? Um, well, I mean, again, there's... What I would do if I in the situation, I go ahead and I contact. I went and contacted the church. We had meetings uh, within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the head priest knew about it, and the, the bishop knew about it, and we were given the proper things to say. We were given the proper rites. We were given. Um, we had somebody come in with us, and from there we were able to f- perform an exorcism. In other situations, if it's Native American, we called the correct um, p- band members to come in and assist us with it. Um, you know. Uh, 
um, we're, if we, I have a, a, a demonologist on speed dial. So if I have to get a hold of her, I can get a hold of her. And we also network with other paranormal teams. So, you know, we are never going to know everything. I'm never going to know everything. And I'm not afraid to ask if I'm in too deep. And so we will ask for help and we network. How do you know if it's a legitimate case of haunting or if it is a mental issue? Uh, again, we'll go into the location and we will um, do an interview and, and assess the situation, assess what they're what they're suggesting is happening. Um, we will ask for, you know, if they can, sometimes if they can provide proof, they'll say they've had a video or, mm-hmm. um, you know, they can show us evidence. We try and go from that. But we basically try and we give it a good, a, a good go. We, you know, we, we don't want people to feel that they're afraid to ask for help, I think. You know, it's becoming mainstream and less and less people are afraid to ask, but that taboo is still there. You know, people are going to think I'm crazy. So we go and we kind of ask for other witnesses or other uh, conversations that have been talked about and and go from there. But if it is a mental health issue, what do you do? In the case of a mental health issue, um, I normally, what I do is I offer some spiritual guidance um, and I offer um, a, ca- a card of, um, we, we work in the Brentford County. So, I, you know, if we're in that county, for example, I will offer um, a number for some help or I will offer to be their ear and they can, you know, it'll, it'll come out in the wash. They'll start talking about it or what's going on. And I, during our interview, we're also going to ask, um, you know, we tell them right at the beginning of the mm-hmm. interview, you know, there's a, there's going to be a couple questions. Please don't be offended. We ask them to all of our, our clients, um, you know, there's certain things, have you ever, and from there, you know, if they, if they admit to that right then and there, we kind of know which direction to take them. And we try to help them right to the end. Um, there was one girl that thought that she was, being haunted and she began cutting herself and it really was a mental health issue. I was able to get her into a rehab Mm -hmm. and she, she keeps in contact to this day. So, you know, whether it's paranormal or not, if we can help these people, we're going to. All right, stand by. We've got to take our break for the news at the bottom of the hour. Explanation. Katie Turner's our guest. She is with the um, Canadian Supernatural Research Society. Her website is Katie Turner psychic.com and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We're coming to you around the world tonight on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network and iHeartRadio. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. 
live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Katie Turner is our guest of this hour, Exonation. Her website is katieturnerpsychic.com. Katie, I've got to ask you this question. When you're dealing with a mental health case, don't, and you start getting involved as, and giving counsel, no matter what degree it is, aren't you kind of overstepping the boundaries uh, where professional help should be immediately called in? Oh, absolutely. I I don't think I'm overstepping. So let me clarify. 
Um, basically, I would sit down with them and explain to them um, that, you know, we think this is a case of a mental health issue. Um, and we're very honest and open. And we kind of give them avenues to go to and people to talk to and let them know that they're not alone, that, you know, um, you know, whether it be a hospital mm-hmm. or um, a rehab center or something. I mean, I'm not certainly um, playing the shrink or, you know, playing a doctor. That's uh, that's definitely over my role. But I, I'm giving them an ear to listen to. And if I can give them five minutes and let them know that, that I'm listening and that I, I'm willing to point them in, a, in the right direction and point them in a, in a place that can help them, certainly, you know, that's not that's not me, um, but I can point them in that direction that I think that that's um, that's giving them hope and that's giving them somewhere to go. What are the first signs a person would would see and feel if their home was haunted? There are many, 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 many different uh, symptoms or, or things that can occur. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the you know, typical symptoms or, or typical uh, symptoms of a haunting would be, you know, doors moving, uh, feeling like you're being watched, um, things moving, um, lights flickering. So it, it can, I mean, it doesn't always have to be paranormal, but sometimes, you know, um, lights flickering or electrical interference, um, you know, sounds. So hearing movement or hearing talking, stuff like that. How can a spirit or a ghost who has no physical mass, no physical uh, features whatsoever, how can they move matter? that is solid, such as a door, a window? How can they create footsteps? I think it comes down to an expulsion of energy. Energy cannot be destroyed. It is it is uh, manipulated or changed. And I think they're able to use that force mm-hmm. and they're able to create sound, create movement, create things. Um, you know, I go back to a radio. Um, you know, if... You don't hear a radio unless you have a conduit or a stereo with an antenna ca- capturing those radio frequencies, or or whether it be digital or whatever. But you have to have a conduit, and that doesn't mean that the radio waves are not there. And so, um, once they're able to manipulate that that energy, you can physically hear it in a tangible world. But there's a difference between a radio wave that is non that cannot create a physical pattern, right? In order, you know. So what you're saying doesn't make sense to me. Well, I look at it like they're able to manipulate the electromagnetic frequencies. They're able to use that to manipulate, to make sound, to make a movement, to, to they, it's a, it's an ex- physical and emotional expulsion of energy at the time. So it may not be physical mm-hmm. in a human form or a tangible physical form, but they're able to, to use that to make things physically move. Has this been proven or is this just a hypothesis? This would, you know, I don't think it's ever going to be, um, at least I'm never going to be able to physically um, prove that. I'm working on that every single day. And that's one of my goals is is to try and gain as much evidence through that. Um, When I do my readings and when I, you know, speak to people and communicate with the other side, Mm -hmm. I get more every day. And so they give me little tidbits. Um, And and again, I work towards as much as I can to learn more and to to capture it. Okay. Okay. Why do you think in the year 2018 people are still interested in ghosts? Like, what's the attraction? I think it is the unknown. We are all wanting to prove the unknown. We are all wanting to learn more, Mm -hmm. to understand more. I mean, if you think about many years ago on the other side of the the world, 
they thought, you know, and we all thought at that time that the world ended and we never thought about this side of the, the, the world at that time. You know, it was our world was so small. And now through evolution and through through, you know, us becoming more knowledgeable and more, um, you know, progressed. Now we think about both sides of the world. And I think it just comes through. Um, you know, more knowledge. Knowledge is power. The more that we can learn and the more that we can figure out, I think that that's what we're trying to do is prove what we can't see. To what end, though? I don't think there's ever going to be an end. I really don't. Um, I, I think that we're always going to, we always have that natural inclining to figure it out. And uh, at least for myself, I can't speak for everybody else, mm -hmm. but I, I just want to learn more. I, I, I'm like a sponge. I want to absorb as much as I can. And it's not to prove anybody else. It's to prove to myself that I, in fact, I know what I'm seeing. And, and through validation of my readings and my investigations, um, it really makes me feel fulfilled that I'm able to predict or see or feel or, or, you know, in terms of the investigations, help these people and, and let them know that, you know, Uncle Henry is there and he's okay. And um, I think that that's what brings people back every time. If this was so relevant to society, why is not the scientific community getting involved? Why is it looked at by scholars and, and the great thinkers of our time as to be a waste of time? Scientists, like um, many other people, uh, you know, it's their form of opinion. They're looking for a, um, I don't want to call it a mathematical equation, and I'm certainly not trying to cause an argument, but yeah. they have their version of, of um, evidence, uh, just like we have our version of evidence. And I think that you're always going to see a difference of opinion. Um, I'm not here to prove the scientists wrong, and I'm sure mm -hmm. that they're not here to prove that we're wrong, but they're looking for something tangible. And at least in my experience, you know, it's not, a, we look for a physical, tangible piece of evidence. And we can't even 100% claim that the equipment we use is, is in fact paranormal. But, um, you know, we're, we're one step closer all the time. And I think that there are more and more scientists are kind of bending a little bit and are going, okay, there's something here. Can I say it's spirit? No, but there is definitely something there. And, and I think that that's why it's becoming kind of a more wide, widely talked about subject. Or is it because it's becoming a cottage industry? It's being used by cities, towns, locations as a way to get tours and tourism and money into the local coffers. Oh, I, and I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I agree with you to a certain extent. I um, reside in a smaller town, mm -hmm. and I can tell you that in, in our area, um, you know, I, I did real estate for years, and, and, you know, it was something that wanted to be hidden for so long because people were afraid of being thought of as um, crazy or they didn't want things to be um, let out that it was haunted or, or you know, things like that. Um, but, I yes, I do agree with you with the shift. It is bringing people in. It is um, like any television show, um, not all of them, but there are ones out there that, um, you know, it's 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 all about Hollywood and, and it's about, you know, ratings and it's about bringing people in. So that excitement is what's bringing to me mainstream in and wanting more. But is that right? No. In my opinion, not necessarily, no. Um, I think that um, we need to be experiencing this stuff and in investigating this stuff and taking it very seriously. I mean, it's like, you know, a spirit board or a Ouija mm -hmm. board. You know, a lot of people think that it's just a common game. But what they don't understand is, you know, I, I explain it to people like a screen door in the summer. 
if you live in the country and you open that door, how many flies came into your house when you open that door? You don't know what you're bringing in. So I think it comes down to knowledge and experience and people bite off more. They, they can chew sometimes. I'm not afraid to say I don't know, but I will find somebody who does. And um, these people, you know, these television shows are maybe sensationalizing it and bringing people in and having people who are, are not experienced. And, and this is where um, danger can happen. Um, why is there so much difference in the way the para paranormal community thinks? For example, I've had many people on the show who say the Ouija board is nothing but a board and there's are paranormal investigators. You get other people on who say, Oh, it opens up a, a, a channel to the other side. You talk to some paranormal investigators about investigations of, let's say company a, you talk to another group of paranormal investigators about company of the A, and they say, "Oh, we've gone there, and there's nothing." So, there, you know, for it to for the paranormal community and the paranormal genre to have credibility, they need to get their crap together. I agree. I agree. And you have a bunch of um, personalities and a bunch of uh, people who have all different opinions. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even in the science community, you know, there are arguments. I mean, for many years, they thought that the world was flat. Yes. But you really can't put the paranormal community in the same category as the scientific community. That, that, you just can't oh. do that. Well, I'm not I'm not saying it's in the same category, but what I'm saying is there's differences of opinion. It's certainly not apples to apples, but it mm -hmm. is a difference in opinion. Let's face it, a Ouija board or spirit board is basically a piece of wood with a planchette. Yeah. Right? When we look at it, it looks like a game and it was developed for children. But I think it's the act of intent. The act of intent is huge for me. Um, you know, it's the same as power of prayer. I have seen prayer do wonderful things for many people. And it's the conviction behind the belief that makes it powerful. And I think that it comes down to the Ouija board. If you're not going to take things seriously, um, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's no criticism. But some people just leave it off as a, as a game. And I guess that's okay. But I think when you're going into a place, that, a, a very well-known haunted place or a place of negative energy and you're going to start toying with things, I really think you're going to be seeing results. And it's not always a positive one. All right, stand by. I've got to take my final break. Exonation. Our guest this hour is Katie Turner. Her website is katieturnerpsychic.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. 
You can have SimulTV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication, bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chuck full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Katie Turner's our guest. Her website is katieturnerpsychic.com. Katie, um, as, as I understand it, based on our conversation, when you go out with your group to do a, an investigation, you use your psychic uh, gifts as a, a, as a tool to kind of establish what type of, of paranormal activity you're going to be encountering. Am I correct? Yes. What would happen if you did not go into that location, but you let your crew go in and do the investigation first? Would the results be the same? I don't think any results are ever going to be, you know, once or twice the same. But I, I can tell you that we have experimented with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I can, I don't want to say shut it off, but I, when I go into an investigation, I go in and get my vibes. And then from there, I try and, and be the investigator and not the psychic. So I kind of try and dampen down my senses and use the equipment and investigate, the, you know, the, the same way as all the, the other people on my team. We have done some investigations where I have either not been to the location or I have stayed outside of the location. And I'd like to think on the equipment that we get the same results. 
Most of my team members have sensitivity. So, um, you know, one is, um, one can pick up on smells, one can pick up on, you know, um, is able to, um, uh, receive images. And so from there, they all kind of develop their own opinions. And, and you know what, as a team, we'll sit down after the investigation and we all give our interpretations on things. I'm not kind of, you know, my way is the right way, but I at least try and make it so that I can give a little offer, uh, you know, a big piece to the puzzle. Before you said a person's belief plays a major part in in life, basically. So is it possible that the belief of you or your team that the place is haunted based on the feeling, the psychic impression that the place is investigated as if it is haunted, where it very well might not be haunted? I think that when you're hypertensive about things and you're hypervigilant, when you're going in and you have these expect- mm-hmm. expectations, at any time you're gonna, you know, you're gonna pick up on imprints. And so, um, I do find it hard. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I have left the interviewing and I've left the research to the rest of my team, and I try not to um, hear any information because I want to go in with a um, a fresh mind. I don't want any preconceived notions. I don't want any information. And it's the same with a reading. When I, when I set readings up for people or any cleansings, I, mm-hmm. I don't ask for any information. So all I want is your name and basically your phone number and we go from there. And I leave the, the interview process to my other team members just for that specific reason. But yes, absolutely. I think it comes down to um, what you believe and what you don't believe. We have been to investigations that were supposed to be terrifically haunted and we didn't receive anything. Now, do you say you don't believe these people, or do you leave it up to lack of evidence? I'm a, I'm a former police investigator. I was trained in police work, the gathering of evidence, the information needed to actually get to the bottom of a, of a crime, how to preserve the evidence, what, how to do a proper interview. You know, we just, they just don't say you're hired as a cop, give you a gun and badge, and put you in a police car, and away you go. There's a training period. You're taught by professionals before you even hit the streets. Absolutely. So as I have seen in the past, what is called a paranormal investigation, at the very best, could be called a paranormal hootenanny. (laughs) So this is where my line of questioning comes as to the credibility and the validation and the collection of so-called evidence. Um, well, basically, again, you know, I take you back to the beginning of the investigation. So we'll, we'll do, we'll mm-hmm. conduct a very significant, uh, in, um, interview and we've got select questions from, you know, down to, um, you know, how long have you lived in the residence, who owns the residence where, you know, any, any historical events mm-hmm. have taken place, any, you know, anything that would relate to things. And the right. interview lasts about 20 minutes to a half an hour. Um, from there, we're going to set up our equipment. Now, each one of my members have been trained um, to use the equipment properly, and it's not just, here's how, this is how it turns on. Um, I have specific people. I have somebody who is a historian. Mm-hmm. I have somebody who is a tech specialist. I have someone who is in communications and radio, and I have somebody who is a, a construction tech. So, you know, when we go into a location, you know, if you're hearing bumps and grinds and, and movement in the floor, he actually will assess um, the floor and make sure that it is indeed, you know, not a bad foundation. But the um, fact that he's there as part of a paranormal team, doesn't that taint any of the investigative findings or lack of investigative findings? Why don't you bring in an outside source like a city inspector, 
a city engineer. Well, these people, um, this gentleman uh, basically acted like that. And, and we, there is no limit. We will bring people in. Like I said in the one investigation, um, you know, with the quote-unquote demonic feelings mm-hmm. that this woman had, you know, I, I was like, okay, this is over my head. Yeah. I want to make sure that I'm doing, making sure that I'm setting the correct steps necessary to help these people. It's not just about collecting evidence for us. It's not about the hoot and nanny, as you call it, to go in and have the excitement of the investigation. Um, you know, if it comes down to mental health, like I said, we will send them in the right direction. Um, and we're not afraid to to contact the city, to talk, contact the police, to contact. Now, it's usually pretty like, tight-lipped, um, but we'll do what's necessary to, to make sure that we can get as much um, uh, information necessary. Now, in terms of um, going in and um, collecting the evidence, we take, you know, as many precautions necessarily for, so that we don't have cross-contamination. Um, you know, it's not like we have, a, you know, a bunch of people at the residence or, we, you know, we ask children, animals, things to be removed. We put up the proper things necessary so that, you know, there's no light coming in. I mean, we do the best that we can to make sure that we're getting a solid, significant investigation. So when do you do all your investigations at night? Do you do them during the day or is it a crime? spectrum timing that you do the investigations it will be a cross-spectrum timing um we have gone to investigations where we've started in the daylight and ended in the daylight so mm-hmm. we you know we went all night um there's times where we'll ask the the people when the um the evidence is starting to happen so when when these haunting events are occurring we'll ask when's a significant time that you find and there, every investigation is different you know some may say it's midnight some may say there's no relevance it just happens and some people say 3 a.m every night you know it occurs at the same time every night so we take each investigation um you know individually how many of the cases that you've worked on are because they want their 15 minutes of fame <laughs> um believe it or not not that many. A lot of people that we contact, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, whether it be myself, the, the initial contact is me, and I pass it on to the communications rep or you know the mm-hmm. the um, the person interviewing. And basically, we will, uh, you know, from there, that's when they're going to ask the questions. And a lot of times, you know, they'll say, like, we part of our um, interview process is we have some legal forms that are filled out. And, you know, it's just confidentiality and public release information. And and a lot of them want it kept confidential. They do not, under any circumstances, want their name shown. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, how can anybody else validate the claims that you're making if there's a confidentiality agreement in place and... A person who wants to validate what you're saying about a certain place, a certain event, how can that be validated? Um, we are able to, when we do our interview, again, there's certain levels of confidentiality. So, um, you know, for, for example, our public release of information, mm-hmm. we can do a public release where there's no address. Uh, you know, it would be suggested as a private residence. And, you know, we say client instead of the person's name. Um, in other circumstances, we ask permission if it has been investigated with another paranormal team or we bring other paranormal teams in to help out. Again, we're constantly networking. And if there's a team down south that you know, is getting a call from a team up north and we're close and, and we're, you know, we each kind of network that way, they're going to send it to us. So we're able to kind of validate. And sometimes gotcha. it has been investigated before and we try to find that other team and kind of cross-correlate to see what they have received. How many cases did you guys work on last year? Oh my goodness. Um, I can't even, I can't even count, um, you know, two or three a month. Why is your part of the world so haunted? We, to be honest with you, we travel. So it's not just, um, you know, so, so you guys just, go looking for trouble. 
I mean, go looking for ghosts. <laughs> pretty much. We, Why? Uh, we're pretty lucky where we live. It, it's it's a um, it's not, it's not a metropolis, but it's it's a widespread area, and so we we like to tell people that we go all, you know across Ontario, eastern Ontario, and Quebec, and so um, you know I think that there's more haunting than investigators. So you know. We're called and we're, I guess, in demand. <laughs> All right. I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's been a rather unique uh, visit. Oh, boy. What can I tell you, Exonation? Let's see. On a scale of 1 to 10 credibility, <clears throat> to at the very most. That's because she's she's enthusiastic. That's for sure. Do I give anyone who's a psychic the benefit of the doubt when it comes to paranormal investigations? Definitely not. Do I give anyone who has not received the proper education in collecting evidence any credibility? Not at all. What really upsets me is that you have people who are chasing ghosts who are giving psychiatric or psychological sit downs with people and telling them that it's a mental issue. That is not up to them whatsoever. They're not professionals. They're amateurs. They're wannabes. And they're part of what I call the paranormal hootenanny. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. esoteric Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the esoteric series, modern esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. 
For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.